Guys, it's good to see you. Uh, as, as I was getting ready for this week, uh, I was talking to a, another friend who's a pastor who uh, lives and kind of works over in East Nashville. And as we were talking, he said, you know, why, why don't we just do this whole thing together? It's like there are so many churches in the East. Why don't we just all kind of combine into one church? That's an interesting question, right? And it kind of made me think, well, wh- why, why are we so about doing our own thing in East Nashville anyway? Right? For the last several months, we've been a part of the Granny White congregation kind of taking in their, their services. And, uh, you know, logistically, that's fewer services to record, right? And it really got me wondering, why, why is it that we are doing what we're doing? Have you, have you ever wondered that? Okay, maybe I'm alone, but that's okay. Uh, and I think that we need to be reminded of why we believe that we have been called to do church together and why we've been called, we believe, to do it uh, on, on the east side. And I think part of what even has, I've, part of the reason I've had to re-engage with that is because for the last few months I haven't been preaching. We haven't, we haven't been doing this. And I think it's important for you guys to know that that's been for a reason. Uh, I've, I've been finishing school and getting through ordination, and the goal and the hope, and this was not just my decision, it was with our elders and with a lot of prayer, that moving out of this season, uh, it's better for our church that we've taken this break because of the way we'll be able to move forward into the future. And, and what we hope and pray for and desire in our community, guys, is, is that we would see the kingdom of God coming in East Nashville. We're committed to that, to seeing the kingdom of God advancing in the community where we live. We're committed to that in our own lives and in the lives of the people that are gathered here in this room, in the, in the lives of the people that are a part of this body with us. We're committed to that in our lives and we're committed to that in our community. And we're gonna take this morning this afternoon, we're in the afternoon still. Uh, we're gonna take this afternoon to talk about that. So we're not gonna be in First Thessalonians. If you've been following along, you know that's the book that we've been in for the last several weeks. Uh, this is the last week in that book. You'll still get to talk about First Thessalonians in your small group if you're a small group leader and you're wondering if you need a little bit more background. You can listen to one of the other sermons. You can email me or call me. I'd be happy to talk you through any of your questions. But for us as a community, I think we really needed to take a day to re-engage with the vision of our congregation. And so the text that we're gonna be in this morning is Matthew 13, 33. So if you have your Bible, you can open with me to Matthew 13, 33. Just one verse. It says, he told them another parable. Okay, so this is just as background. Jesus is talking. This is Jesus talking. And he's, he's in a group of people and he's teaching them and he's teaching them through parables. So this is, the, this is the parable. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. We'll just read it one more time because it's so short. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your word. 
And Jesus, we are thankful that you would even preach to us and communicate to us in a way that's so creative, Lord, that engages uh, not only our minds, but our imaginations. And we pray that through your word this morning that you would speak to us, Lord, and, uh, and remind us of why we are doing this thing called church together. Amen. Uh, okay, so this may seem like a, a kind of a strange verse if we're gonna talk about vision, but I promise if you stick with me, okay, this is gonna come through, I, at, least, at least I hope. So uh, the first thing that pops out in this parable is the kingdom of heaven, right? And that's gonna be where we camp at at first, is talking about the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? It's important for us to wrap our minds around. So we're gonna talk about the kingdom of heaven, then we're gonna talk about the kingdom of heaven as it comes in our own hearts, and in the kingdom of heaven as it comes in our community. So what is the kingdom of heaven? What does it mean for us as individuals and as a body? And then what does it mean for our community? So that's kind of where we're going. So this, this phrase, kingdom of heaven, okay, it's used in Matthew's gospel 50 times. It's very important to Matthew. It's one of the main themes. Perhaps the theme of his gospel is this kingdom of heaven theme. And then it also occurs in Luke and in Mark about 50 other times. Although in those books, they say kingdom of God. Okay, the difference is like Matthew is primarily written to people who are Jews and so it connected better with him if they used heaven. But it's, it's the same concept, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, okay? So it's very important in Matthew and Mark and in Luke and really it's important over the whole course of scripture. And when Jesus is teaching about the kingdom of heaven, he's not just creating this new idea, he's actually pulling from an idea, from a theme that's really important throughout the Old Testament. Okay, so to help illustrate this, we're gonna go to the whiteboard. Okay, so what, uh, what the kingdom of heaven was in the Old Testament, the way that it was pictured, is kind of uh, developed for us in the prophets. And Isaiah 65, 17 speaks to this when it talks about a new heavens and a new earth. So that whole theme of a new heavens, of a new earth, is kind of this new kingdom, kingdom of heaven theme as it appears in the Old Testament. And like we mentioned last week, right, when Jesus comes back, what he's bringing is heaven to earth. He's recreating creation. And so where we'll be living into eternity is, is an earth that's been remade. And this is, this is pictured for us, it starts to be pictured in the Old Testament. Isaiah talks about this. And as he develops the picture, we see that there are all of these nations from across the world, all peoples, all tribes, all tongues, are brought together into one kingdom to worship God. It's a multi-ethnic, a multi-racial kingdom. And this kingdom is all under the dominion of one righteous king. This king that God has poured his spirit out on. This king whose reign resembles or is, uh, is the same as the, the rule of God. It manifests the reign of God on earth. And this king is wise. Right? He has the ability to order his kingdom in a way that is good for all of the people who are in that kingdom. Right? This is not a king who's out to score political points. This is a king who knows what's best and who acts in the interests of his subjects all of the time. And in this kingdom, there's no war anymore. Our, our swords are gonna be beat into plowshares is how the Old Testament describes it. That there, there's no need for weapons anymore. And that our work has now been redeemed from the curse. And it's a joyful, rejoicing kind of work that justice rolls down, it's a just king. There's no oppression anymore in this kingdom. 
that we're full of joy and worship, and that doesn't mean we're just part of like one large hype worship concert for forever. That's not what it's talking about. It means that everything that we do is with an attitude of worship that reflects God. It's not something we have to stop and like think about and kind of work ourselves toward. It's, it's, an, it's an integral part of the way that we operate all the time. And there's total peace and harmony in this world. The, New, the Old Testament talks about it as the lion laying down with the lamb. That there's no tension in creation. There's gonna be no more floods, no more earthquakes, no more tornadoes, none of that kind of stuff because creation will be in harmony. That's the new, the new heavens and the new earth, the new kingdom as it's described in the Old Testament. But here's the thing, that does not really sound like the world that we're living in right now, does it? No. You guys, you can still talk through your masks. My two-year-old <laughs> says that. She says that we can talk with our masks on, so that's true. Feel free to engage as we go, okay? So uh, the kingdom of heaven is this line up here in the Old Testament, okay? We'll do kingdom of heaven. Uh, and it's all the things that we just talked about. It's, it's just, it's, it's full of wisdom and joy and delight. And yet, we live kind of in this reality down here. And this world is a fallen, broken world that's been marred by sin. And so throughout the Old Testament, there's this major uh, cataclysm, or we would call it a, maybe like a major disjunctive event that occurs right here, okay? And, and what the Old Testament pictures is that when this event happens, it's gonna move us from this fallen world into the kingdom of heaven. It's gonna usher the kingdom of heaven in, and our reality is gonna become this reality. And this event in the Old Testament is called the day of the Lord. So if you ever read the Old Testament, you read the day of the Lord, it's talking about this day, this major cataclysm that happens that moves us now into the kingdom of heaven. If you were following along in our sermon series last week, this is the event that we talked about, the return of Christ, okay? So it's still pictured in the New Testament. But what Jesus does and what he says that is so different is he tells people, he's teaching them in this parable that the kingdom of heaven has actually come into now. He says in Luke 17, the kingdom of heaven is among you. So what that means is that when Christ came, and we're using the cross here for not just his death and his resurrection, but his ministry on earth, okay? When Christ came, what happened was is the kingdom of heaven now broke into our daily existence in this sinful world. And what Jesus is using this whole series of parables, I think he tells seven parables in this chunk, is that the kingdom of heaven is now coming to earth. The kingdom of heaven is here, it's among us, it's at work, and it's at work now. And he tells us that that kingdom has come uh, not just among us, but it's come in us. So that's what we're gonna talk about next is what does this mean for the kingdom of heaven to have come in us? Colossians 1.13 tells us that we have been transferred from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. We've come into the kingdom of Christ and the kingdom has come in us. And, and that came with the event of Christ. Christ, think about this, and you guys know this, he didn't just promise us forgiveness. We are forgiven because of what he's done, right? He didn't promise us that, hey, one day you will be vindicated before God on judgment day. He said, no, even now you stand before God as righteous and as justified, and that's true about you. 
He tells us that we have been given every spiritual blessing. Right? That's what Ephesians 1, 3 tells us. We've been given every spiritual blessing, not in a day that's going to come. That's true for us now as believers. Talk about the fruits of the Spirit. Right? What are they? Patience, yes, that's one of them. What else? Love, joy, peace, patience, yes, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, yes. And, and the fruit of the Spirit is not this thing that we like try really hard to get. No, the fruit of the Spirit is what has been put in us because we have the Spirit in us. You and I have those things in Christ. We have joy. We have, we have peace. It doesn't always feel like that though, does it? Has that felt true for anybody during this COVID season? <laughs> it's a struggle, right? Does that mean that those things are untrue? No. Right? Nothing, no one has the power to take those blessings from you. And that's because you have those blessings through your union with Christ. Right? The things that we get because of Jesus can't be abstracted from Jesus. That's very important. That we have those blessings because we have Christ. And what Romans tells us is there is nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. So because we're his, because we're united to him, we have all of the things that he has promised us. We have every spiritual blessing. Now think about it like this. Right? Today is this beautiful spring day. Right? And, and we're looking forward to, I am enjoying, looking forward to uh, just the warmth of the sun. Right? the heat that it brings, the growth and the new life that it's gonna bring in our world. But those, those blessings, they can't be broken off or abstracted from the sun. You can't have one without the other. But when you have the sun, you also have those things. And that's, that's what's true about us and our relationship with Christ is that we don't have those blessings divorced from, from him, but we have them because of him. And because we have them in him, they can't be taken away from us. But what can happen is that we can forget that we have them. that we can forget to live in the light of all of those things that our Jesus has given us. And so the, the process of us walking as Christians in this world is the process of us learning how to take hold of those blessings and how to use them and put them to work in our lives. And guys, we are gonna be on that journey for a long time. When we're 70 years old and we're 80 years old and God willing we're doing this journey together, we are still gonna be working this stuff out in our lives. And what that means is that, that on that journey we need to be reminded of what is true about us and that's why what we're doing here this afternoon is so important because this is a place that we remember who we are. Because when we came into Christ, we didn't just come by ourselves, we were brought into a body. You and I are part of this together. And then what's happening here this, this afternoon is that we are being reminded of the fact that we are part of a body and that we're part of Christ. When we worship together, man, I, I, need, you, I need to hear you singing to remind me what's true. And I need to hear the word preach so that I can have that truth nourished in my heart. And we're gonna get to start taking the sacraments together very soon and we need those things. The Westminster Shorter Catechism calls communion uh, our, our spiritual nourishment and a way that we grow in grace. We need that. 
And friends, what that means is that this, this virtual way of doing church is just a stopgap, okay? We didn't become a virtual church during COVID. This is something that we're doing because, they're, because we can't all be in here together. But there's a time coming when we're not gonna do this anymore. Because this is what we desire to do is to be together in person. And you need to know if you're at home, we are working really hard to make that happen. A lot of you have kids that makes coming into a room like this challenging. We're working on getting Kid Town back in, in a safe way so that, so that it allows you as a parent to be here and be worshiping the Lord. And we're excited and looking forward to that time when we can be reminded of these things all together. But in the meantime, we're gonna do as much of this as we can. And we're gonna make this as, as available as we can to you guys at home through, through streaming and through having these services recorded. Because we believe what happens here is a really important part of what nourishes us in our lives. What nourishes the kingdom of God as we work it out and as it comes more and more in our hearts. But you guys know, and we talk about this all the time, the, God brings the kingdom of God in our hearts uh, in, on Sunday mornings or Sunday afternoons, right? But he also does it in many other ways and in many other places. He does it in your discipleship groups, right? A lot of us are plugged into those, and, we, and I'm so thankful for that in this time. I can't tell you how many of you I've heard that from, that you're so thankful for the connection that discipleship groups have provided for you in this season. Yes. It's been a way that we connect to the word, but it's also a way that we connect with each other. And that also, guys, that dovetails very, very nicely with why we are doing church together in East Nashville, why we think that's important, okay? I think to explain this, I wanna talk about SeaWorld. Okay, have you, <laughs> we'll get there. Have you ever been to SeaWorld? Yes, okay, it's very fun. At least I went before Blackfish came out, back when I thought it, when, back when it could still be fun, okay? And, uh, I haven't gone since. And there, there, there's this place called the Splash Zone at SeaWorld. Are you familiar with this, right? When Shamu leaps up into, and does his like trick, jumping through the hoops or whatever, or whatever he does, she does. Whenever she jumps up and, and falls back into the water, there's this massive wave of water that splashes all the kids in the front row. That's probably when we should have known that something was wrong, but, but we didn't, okay? You can get splashed there in the splash zone. And when we're doing church in East Nashville, our goal is that we would live in the splash zone of each other's lives. Okay, another way to think about that would be the drop-by zone. My wife and I love just the, the random drop-by. It's one of the ways that we have been spiritually nourished in this season, is when we are at our wits' end with our children in the evening, to be able to just drop by someone's house and say, hey, can you come outside and play with us? Right, being in that splash zone of each other's lives and the drop-in zone is so important. Not just for the random drive, drive drop-ins, although that is, that's a huge part of it, but so that we see each other at the store and at the gym, that, that are, we're sending our kids to the same schools, they're in the same classes, that we get to do not just Sunday mornings, but all of our life together. Because we need reminders that we are not in this alone. We need reminders of what it means to have the kingdom of God come in us all of the time and all throughout the week. And doing church together in one part of town allows us, it creates opportunities for us to do that with each other more and more and more. Because we need those reminders. So I want you to hear there's an invitation in this too that, uh, that you would engage or re-engage or continue to engage with the community that God has put you in in East Nashville the community that God has put you in within this church. 
And we create opportunities for that, right? That's on Sunday mornings. That's in your discipleship groups. But on, on some level, guys, you and I have to be taking ownership for what it means for us to be a part of this community together and creating the opportunities to do that together. And what I have loved about being part of this community with you is that you guys are so good at that. I'm so thankful for that. Because what we want to see is the kingdom of God coming more and more in our own hearts. So that's the kingdom of God and what it is. That's what it means for us. But we're also going to talk about what it means for our community. And I promise you it is connected to this parable, okay? <laughs> After spending 20 minutes on the first two words. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Okay, that's, what, that's what's going on over here. So if you're wondering, uh, yes, we're doing the whiteboard and a prop all in the same week, so we're really coming out guns blazing this week. Okay, uh, so the, there's an amount of bread that is talked about in this parable, okay? And it's the amount of bread that you can make from 60 pounds of flour, which is how much flour we have here. And then there's a ratio of water to bread that you need to make flour into bread, which is around depending on who you ask, when I asked Google, it said it could be between 60 and 70% uh, of the weight of the flour in water to make the bread, okay? So this is the amount of material that is being talked about that's being made into bread in this situation. Uh, so I, would, I was imagining, like, well, can we get a kiddie pool out here and, like, knead that, but it's like, that's too much, it's too messy. So this will have to do, okay? This is the amount of bread that we're talking about. This is the amount of bread that could feed, like, about 100 people, more or less. Did any of you get into bread making over the course of COVID? Yes, how many of you have made more than one loaf? Okay, that's what our house, it was one or two loaves and that was it. But if you do, what happens if you don't put leaven, which is kind of the same thing as yeast, what happens if you don't put that into bread? You make a cracker, right? Yes, I've watched enough of the Great British Baking Show to know that you gotta include the yeast and give it time to prove, whatever that means. Okay. So this by itself, all it would do would just be create, it would, all it would do is create crackers, which are great, you know, as far as crackers go, but what we're really looking for is bread, okay? And what we need to turn all of this material into bread is a little piece of leaven. This is not actually leaven, this is a piece of Play-Doh, okay? But <laughs> just to help you get the picture. And leaven, what leaven is, it's a little bit like yeast, but really it's a piece of dough that's been infected by the rising agent that then is going to get incorporated or kneaded into all of this dough. But it's something very small. And what Jesus is communicating to us in this parable is that the kingdom of heaven, guys, it's so, it, can, it can sometimes feel so small. And often, always, it looks very humble just a little piece of leaven. But when it gets worked into bread, into the bread dough, it can totally change and totally transform something that is far bigger than how it started. It infiltrates the dough, right? And someone can correct me if I'm wrong about this, but I think it also like chemically transforms the bread. Tim is nodding and he's a scientist, so I think that means that's true, okay? <laughs> It's, it becomes a different thing because the leaven has been introduced. And that's true about the kingdom of God as it's introduced into our own lives, but it's also true, and what Jesus is telling us here is that's true as the kingdom of God is needed into our communities. That's what need with a K, right? Needed into our communities. Because what's, what's true 
and, and again, this is part of the reason we want to do church together in East Nashville, is that you guys are part of that community. It's where you live, it's where you work, it's where you go to the gym, it's where you go to the store, it's where your kids go to school. It's the community that we're part of. And you and I have been needed into that community. But because the kingdom of God has come in us, right, we're like the little piece of leaven. And as we get needed into our community, what happens is that Christ starts to transform our community. I just want you to imagine with me, man, to, to dream with me about what it would look like if and as the kingdom of God continues to grow in our part of the city. Like, what would it be like if, if our community grew in terms of people? Not because it's, not because we have to get more people in a room for, that's, that by itself is not the point, right? But because we want to see other people's hearts transformed by the kingdom of God coming in them like we have been transformed by it. What if our church grew like that? That there were people who didn't know Christ, who came to know Christ and be united with him, and because of that became a part of this body. You guys know there are so many people moving into our part of the city every day. A lot of those people, some of those people are people who are already Christians who are gonna be looking for a place to belong and a place to connect and a place to be a part of the body of Christ. And we hope and pray for many of them, that is with us. But we also hope and pray that there are many people who don't know Christ, who come to know him and who join this community with us. Would that change our part of the city? Yes. And that as we grow as a body, that our, our goal isn't that we just grow into this massive thing in and of ourselves, but that then we would get to plant other congregations like we have been planted. That we would get to plant Midtown Madison, or as some people are hoping, Midtown Donaldson one day, right? Or Goodlettsville, or, or wherever it is. But that our church would actually get to be like some of the other churches in our movement, that, that we're not just planting one or two, that we're planting multiple churches out of our congregation and that we're seeing the kingdom of God grow that way because there are more people whose lives are being touched by the kingdom of God. So that's one aspect of the kingdom coming, is the kingdom coming in the hearts of men and women. But the kingdom also comes as we love and care for our community. Right, that just as the kingdom of heaven as it's pictured in the Old Testament is a kingdom of justice, we want the kingdom of heaven as it comes in our community to make our community more just. And we get to be a part of that together. That we want our community to be a place of peace and of harmony. And that as the kingdom of heaven comes now into our everyday lives, that we're bringing that peace into the world around us, into our part of the city. What if our schools were better schools because of the way that Midtown East cared for those schools? There was less poverty in our community because of the way that we love the people around us. Because that's, that's possible. That's what it looks like as the kingdom of God comes not only in the hearts of men and women, but as it comes out in our world. And those two things can never be separated. We should never separate them. Right? Some people want uh, the, the kingdom to come, but without Christ. Okay, that's not a thing. It's the kingdom of God, okay? They have to go together. And so us loving our community uh, is, is so important, but it's not the only thing. But it's the same thing then with people in sharing the gospel or seeing other people come to know Christ. That by itself is not the only thing. 
that if we, we could have hundreds of people who come to, know, come to know Jesus in our community, but if we weren't loving our community, we would be missing part of the picture. It's both of those things together, and both of those things is what we are about as the people of God in East Nashville. But what we want to see is the gospel totally infiltrating our part of the city. In the hearts of people uh, and, and in the way our community lives and acts. And my question for us in ending is, are you in? Do you want to continue to be a part of that with us? I think it's gonna be an awesome adventure. It has been the last several years. And I'm excited to see what God is gonna do in and through you guys. And like I said earlier, the, the invitation here, it's a, it's a personal one, right? First, it's an invitation to come to Christ. As we've been talking about this whole, whole time, you never have any of this apart from Jesus. And so if, if you're here and if part of, or you're at home and part of what COVID has exposed in you is that you wonder if, if you uh, are connected to Christ at all, man, we would love to talk to you about that and say, first of all, that is, that is the most important thing. And if you're here or, or you're joining with us and you're still exploring that, thank you so much. We hope that you'll continue to be on that journey with us. And if that's, if that's true of you, my challenge for you and what I want to invite you to think about is what is it, what is it going to look like for you to own, own that moving forward as a part of this community? Because we talk about this all the time at Midtown. We are not a program-driven church. We will, we will do some things. We will organize some stuff, okay? Because we care about the kingdom of God coming and it's a way that we connect with each other. But that is not church. Right? The church is not a building and we have been certainly reminded of that in East Nashville, Right? Church is the people of God. It's the kingdom coming in your hearts. It's us gathered together and it's us as we go out. And would you think and pray about this week? Are you in on that? And if you are, where and how is Jesus calling you to engage and to re-engage with this community, with the gospel in this community and the gospel in our community more broadly? Pray with me. Father, we thank you for the, the humble way that your kingdom has come in our hearts. And Lord, we praise you and thank you for the ways that you have transformed and are transforming us. And we trust that that's a work that you desire and will continue to do. Lord, and as you do that work, we pray that you would, uh, you would bring the kingdom more fully, not only into our hearts, but into the hearts of people around us. And that you would weave it deeper and deeper into the fabric of our community. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.